Hello and welcome to Game On, presented by No Tokens Required. I'm Chris. I'm Caleb. And today we are talking about Watch Dogs Legion, developed by Ubisoft Toronto, published by Ubisoft. And I was not really into the other uh, Watch Dog games previous to this one. However, when I went to E3 in 2019, I did get a chance to go and see their booth and their presentation. And it was a lot of fun. And I was surprised by it. And I was actually kind of excited for this game even though i hadn't played the two beforehand um i thought it would be fun to be able to recruit anybody um that was one of their big pitches was that you could have this you know 87 year old grandma running around in a crazy mask with a gun killing people um you know but what i was noticing was kind of a lack of a story in all of their promotional materials like i don't Hmm. remember a lot coming out about what this was going to be about it was more about the things you could do not necessarily with the story that was going on so while i was a little excited for it i was also pretty tentative um what about you buddy did you uh you know i i think the only reason why this game caught my interest is because i had played the previous two i was big into the first watch dogs game were you oh yeah. yeah like um it was one of the beginner games for the ps4 mm-hmm and it really flexed the power of that system and i thought that was really cool and the concept was really cool you know you basically you have this central operating system that's controlling the whole city mm-hmm. the trains the the signals the security cameras everything atms everything was connected to this operating system and um it was basically to really flex the aspect of like Big Brother watches everything. Yeah. Right. And <clears throat> it in that story, right, it, it really goes deep into well, not only do you have the main character and, and his kind of rebellion clan or, or group against this system. But even the bad guys and how they're using and manipulating this central system and just all around, like, how it's not good. <laughs> and I'm not just talking about bad guys as in being the government. It, it's it's literally, like, mobsters and stuff are learning, like, hey, if we hack into this system, then we can really get some detailed information. Because it was basically your main character, just like in this one, you, you have your cell phone, you pull it up, and it basically tells you oh that person that's what they do this is any crimes they've committed this is how much money they make all this information on them Mm -hmm. that was kind of creepy but if you really think about it like in the real world oh yeah that's a google click away (laughs) yeah pretty much (laughs) you know sorry i'll just do it too yeah and uh so, like, just in that alone, it was like, this is interesting. This is an interesting concept. Here you have this guy who's using all of this personal information to uncover these things. And, like, the big thing about it was in the trailer, there was a sex trafficking deal going on. Mm-hmm. And he uncovers it and kind of stops it from happening and gets the guy arrested and everything like that. So he was, like, this unsung-type hero character. And it was just a really cool concept for me. And I loved playing it. I loved, you know, running around the city and looking up all these people and seeing what they do and all this other stuff. And mm-hmm. then it gave like alerts on like, hey, this person is a there's a possibility that this person's going to get into trouble. 
or do something stupid. Oh, okay. Have you ever seen the show Person of Interest? I have not. <clears throat> I have not. So it was kind of like that, right? So it, uh, that show's base concept is you have this guy who created this ultimate system after 9-11 happened that basically went through all of your information, all of your emails, phone calls, all of this, okay. right? And based off of things that it saw, it would basically spit out to this person, the guy who designed it, hey, this person is of interest. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Name of the show. Name of the show. But really, that was it. Because the system couldn't tell you if they were going to be the attackee or the attacker. Okay. Just that something was going to happen. Involving this person. Involving this person. So he basically hires like an old CIA special ops type guy that, based off of something that happened to him, went off and just kind of disappeared okay well of course the system found him and basically told him like hey this person could really really help you out with this and so the whole show is built around them just finding these people tracking them finding out are they going to be the persons that who's attacked or are they going to be the person who's attacking Mm. and preventing the incident from happening and it like sometimes it was just simple shit like a, a matter of jealousy or whatever and other times it was like big ploy stuff involving the government and stuff <laughs> like that really interesting show but that was basically this game here you have this central operating system that did this and i was like oh my god this is really cool really into it then i played the second one which is based out of san francisco because the first one's in chicago mm-hmm. second one's out of san francisco and i went holy fuck what happened to this game <laughs> like it was it, it, to me the second one was terrible yeah but like here's london i like london they got their own little weird vibe going on i was a little hesitant about it because it seemed to take place more in the future where the other two were more modern day okay type deal mm-hmm. um but i figured i'd give it a shot you know i wasn't really impressed with the promotional material i wasn't like the first one, they all cover their ma- their face, but, like, in the first one, he has this, like, little scarf thing that he pulls up over his nose and wears it like a mask, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where in this game, you have full-fledged masks. Yeah. Like, they're pulling over their head with pigs with cigars <laughs> and shit like that. And it, it's weird shit that they're putting on their head. And it just, it kind of felt like me, um, like, uh, what is that game? King's Row? Oh, Saints Row. Saints Row. Right. Where it just got fucking ridiculously oh, yeah. weird just to be ridiculously weird. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what the promotional material felt like to me. So I was hesitant going into it, but I said, you know, I played the other two. I really <laughs> liked the first one I was, eh, about the second one, so I'll, I'll give this one a shot. But yeah, that's that's kind of where I was going into it because of the other two. I, I Honest to God, if I think if I never played the other two... I wouldn't have played this game at all because it just it's not my type of game. Yeah. Like I was down for the idea of like, you know, you are kind of not exactly like a vigilante, but kind of like a vigilante. You know, you're going up against the corporation, the government, the the military force or whatever. Um, I really like stealth gameplay. Um you know, if you listen to 
you know, anytime I talked about Assassin's Creed, yeah. the sneaking around is a lot of the stuff that I've had a lot of fun with. So I thought that part of it would be pretty cool. Like, hey, break into this building, sneak around. You have these little toys. You can, you know, yeah, use your phone to distract people or tap into cameras and stuff. So I thought that the mechanics were going to be a lot of fun. The but I wasn't sure about the presentation, right? Yeah. You, you can put all sorts of toys in the box, and the toys can all be fun in the box, but the overall uh, execution of the product may not have been there because, okay. because you know what's really funny? What? It wasn't until you actually started talking that I remembered I did actually play like 10 minutes of the first one. Okay. Because I got it. It was like one of the free games on the Xbox store. Yeah. And I wanted to try it out because I'd heard that people liked it so much. And yeah, I couldn't really get into it. Um, But maybe I didn't give it enough of a chance. I don't know. But with this one, I was more prepared to dive in and, and really kind of sink my teeth into it oh yeah no i remember us talking about it beforehand you were way more into this one than i was and i was just kind of like well, i don't know man <laughs> i don't know I, I don't think it's gonna turn out the way you want it to turn out um but it, it just i don't know it it came up short yeah way short for me yeah <coughs> So what do you say we jump into the plot real quick, kind of talk about that, and then we can go into some of the more finer details yeah, and that yeah, kind of stuff, I, right? I think that would be a great place to start because it's it's kind of how the game starts, right? You're, Pretty much. You, you're double O bond, basically. <laughs> so time out. So that's at 10-10. Okay. And now we're at. 1020 so a nice big I pause I don't, I don't think we need like <laughs> the exact times but go ahead I, I don't know i just um whatever so okay so um you want to do the plot you want me to do the plot i can do the plot okay hey guys just want to give you a heads up from here on out there's a ton of spoilers listen at your discretion all right so <clears throat> yeah you know basically you start off uh, the London branch of Dead Sect, which if you've played either of the previous two games, um, Dead Sect is the rebellion group against the CTOS, right? Which is the uh, central operating system that what it seems like at this point in time has basically been implemented in every major city across the world, right? And you, um, it's being led by... God, Sabine? Yeah. Am I saying that right? Sabine Brandit? Brand. Brand. T-Silent. T-fucking whatever. Um, and she's basically developed a new AI system to help you fight against CTOS. My favorite character, Bagley. Yeah. Which is, he's funny. He is. He's, he's funny. really funny. Well, and you find out um, he's based off of the CTOS system. <laughs> They've just basically given him a voice and a purpose other than just monitoring and collecting data um but they find out that people are planning to blow up the house of parliament so they send in this double o agent spy ops mi6 type guy i don't know about you but as soon as he came on i literally had the austin powers in my head i was like this guy just screams i'm a british spy yeah oh 100 percent. the way I'm... he's dressed the fucking fancy watch all of it it yeah. was it was 
I'm like, wow. <laughs> but this is what I mean, where it almost went to a cartoonish level. Mm-hmm. Right. And his name's Dalton Wolf. No, right? no, you, you said it wrong. It's Wolf. Dalton Wolf. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Did you really think we weren't going to get a Bond reference? Uh, I, was, I was trying to avoid it. Sorry. No, that's all right. It's, it's in there. It's in there. It's forever in your head. Whenever you play this game now, you'll hear that. But uh, his whole purpose is to go in and defuse this bomb, right? So you're working your way through the House of Parliament, and it shows you some of the gadgets that you can have mm-hmm. for later on in the game, but not a whole lot of them. And you basically come upon the main the main room, I don't, the council chambers. I, I don't know what they would call it in the House of Parliament. Um, but there's a giant-ass bomb sitting square in the middle of it, surrounded by all these guys, and you've got to take them all out and defuse the bomb at the same time. And you... Bagley defuses that, but then tells you, oh, wait, <laughs> there's more. <laughs> That on the roof, they've set up something else and it's sending out a signal and there appears to be more bombs and you've got to stop that from happening. So you go up to the roof and you start trying to do that and you fail. Literally, this guy that you have no idea who the fuck he is or what the fuck's going on Mm -hmm. shows up on this big screen that he projects out of like four of these little flying drones and basically laughs at you and goes, ha you failed and detonates three bombs in other locations. And they refer to that as zero day. Mm-hmm. And from that, DedSect basically gets eliminated. Um, there's a, a Albion. Albion? Albion. That, it's a, basically a military privatized military group that comes into london and literally wipes out dead sect and takes control of the city and their their rule is law basically is mm-hmm. what it feels like or it felt like to me and um you know dead sect is gone and all these people are like oh shit like where you know because dead sect gets pinned for the explosion yeah right and so you, there's a lot of hatred towards dead sect and you basically start off the game truly start off the game after that you select your dead sect operative out of like six of them yeah which i don't know about you i went in and went and looked at all the skills and what their specialization was and everything like that and kind of went okay well this is how i play games which one's going to help me the best for my game style Mm -hmm. um which I ended up basically choosing somebody that could call in a drone at any time because I'm all about surveillance and planning and mapping it out. That stealth aspect, right? Mm-hmm. If I can see where everybody is and then infiltrate and eliminate them in a, you know, not get caughty way, yeah. um, then I'm good to go. And yeah, and then you're basically, you meet up with, sabine or you get word from sabine she says hey i need you to rebuild dead sect and then you're basically released out into the world to start completing missions and recruiting people and all this other stuff but in this process there was one thing that i thought was very interesting when you set up the game right Mm -hmm. you get the option of permadeath yeah and i selected it 
because whatever I can do to make the game a little bit more difficult, right? Mm -hmm. And basically, the reason why it gives you that option is so that when you go through the game and you're recruiting people, you can switch between these operatives. Unlike in the first and second game where you had one person who was the sole operative and that was it. This one, you can recruit a bunch of different people and play any one of those people. Yeah, it was one of their big selling points was that you can go into the world and if you play your cards right, like you can't immediately go to somebody who works for Albion and recruit them. But later on, there are things you can do to do that. But yeah, their big selling point was if you see somebody in the world, you could pretty much recruit them to DeadSec, hence the 87-year-old lady because they were like, yeah. if you want that, you can do that. And just like you were saying, right, when you picked your character, they had a bunch of stats. Same thing. When you go into the world, you may find somebody. I found a guy who was a fashion designer. So he was he got a discount when he bought clothes, and he randomly bought clothes. Yeah. So it was nice to have this guy who just constantly was just bringing in new cosmetic items for my operatives. But I also had, you know, a guy who was a doctor who could get into who ha who came with a special doctor's outfit. Yeah. And there are certain areas that are quarantined off unless you look the certain part. Yeah. And one of those, you know, like one is like a construction worker, one is a police officer, one is a doctor. Yeah. So you could dress that guy up in his doctor outfit and you can kind of um maneuver it, your way yeah, through Yeah, infiltrate. That was yeah. the word. Infiltrate into these kinds of places. And yeah, they all come with different stats and stuff. So Which I did think that aspect was cool. Mm -hmm. I really did. Um to a certain extent. Because at the same time with the permadeath feature, if you get into a firefight and that person dies, they're done. Yeah. It's gone. <laughs> Where if you don't have the permadeath, if you choose not to do permadeath, they get arrested. Which again like, I have to recruit literally an entire family. <laughs> like, from great-grandfather all the way down to, like, this little kid, basically. <laughs> like, the entire family. There was only one person in the family. She was a sister. She was a part of Albion. Mm. And I couldn't recruit her. Mm. Literally. Her siblings, her parents, her grandparents, her great-grandparents... All a part of Dead Sect. And she fucking hated Dead Sect. That's funny. But everybody else was a part of it except for her. But the the grandfather was a lawyer. Oh, okay. And one of the lawyer's special perks is that it can reduce jail time and reduce fines and everything like that. And I found out that only really comes into play <laughs> if you don't have the permadeath feature. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, like, for me... I never used that. None of my guys went to jail. Yeah. They died. Yeah. I had a legal assistant who had shorter jail time. Yeah. And I never could figure, like, I never got arrested. So, same thing. Like, yeah. I, but I didn't realize it was because I, too, had chosen permadeath. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I was like. Oh, yeah. Because there were times where I was like, no, I really like this character. I don't want him to die. How do I surrender? Mm hmm because I had gotten myself into certain situations where you can get overwhelmed. Oh, well, yeah. Like really easy. Yeah. You are not superhuman. You don't have health packs. It is very, you have like, unless you have somebody who specifically comes with a real gun. Like I recruited somebody who came with a real shotgun spies. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Spy. If you get a spy, I really looked out for spies. I had a hitman too. Uh, he came with a sniper rifle. Nice. I got him yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like unless they came with a real gun, the guns that you had were all non-lethal. They were all like basically tasers. Yeah. And you had like you had an assault rifle taser, a pistol taser, a shotgun, shotgun taser, and, and a grenade launcher. And a grenade launcher. Yeah. And they were all, it was all non-lethal. Like, this game really pushes the um, non-lethal effort behind mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And which I thought was funny, because I'm like, but I die in real life. Like, <laughs> like well, not in real life, but in the game. Like, if Albion comes and shoot me, they're not shooting tasers at me. They're shooting bullets. Mm-hmm. And it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> and that was... Even though that was cool, it was also one of the things that I thought was the biggest downfall of the game. Because I never got attached. I didn't give a fuck about these people. Yeah. I didn't care. Especially since because in the first, I don't know, hour, two hours of the game, I had like six people die on me. See, and it's weird because I had two main people that I used. I had the first guy that I recruited, which I kind of... Yeah. Put myself into. He was. He had a. You know. He had a three foot tall mohawk. I put some sunglasses on him. He was wearing a, a black shirt with a red skull and a brown leather jacket, jeans and a t shirt. Or I'm sorry, uh, jeans and sneakers. Yeah. But he was really good at hacking. So I just ran around with him and the little spider drone that you get. And really, yeah, this yeah. should be called Watchdog Spider Drone because I don't know about you, but I use that spider drone all the time. Everything it, it for can, everything. It can do everything the human can do, and if it gets caught, it blows up, and it's on just a cooldown before it comes back. Yep. Like there was no harm in getting caught as the spider. You can take out enemies. Mm-hmm. You can set it up as a sentry. You can access panels. You can hack things. You with can it. pick up collectibles with yeah. it. It can. You, you can make it walk or run. I got a double jump for mine. Yeah. So you could reach new places. Like I could also turn mine invisible. Yep. Um, and then the other girl that I used was she was like a rugby player. So she was okay. really good. Like she did extra physical defense and then had higher resistance. Yeah. And I decked her out in like sportwear. So she was in like leggings, a sports bra. She had like a small hoodie that she had kept up. Um, and I gave her there's a one of the, the one of the tech items that you can get, like the spider drone. You can get a clone or a cloak thing that makes you invisible. Yeah. But I gave her the like punch stun oh yeah yeah yeah. so with her i used her more for like the smaller areas you know not like the big huge buildings but yeah. like you know there's like a, an area with like maybe five well, or six there, people she would be good in a f- in the fight club yes and i never got around to going to the fight club but that oh, was my it God. i would sneak her in and then she would run up she would knock somebody out if somebody was onto her she'd run up and she'd use her little stun gun punch thing and i upgraded that so it like burst out so yeah. if I ever got into a problem, and those are the two that I ever really used. So oh, I, got- I got so I, to, back to my point. I got attached to these two because they were the ones I was only swapping out of. Yeah, but you're right. I didn't care about the construction worker I had who could summon a cargo drone. I didn't care yeah. about my legal assistant. I didn't care about my fashion designer. You those see, people are switched, in the background. I switched between all of them. Yeah. Depending on the situation, I looked at who I had and who would best fit this this scenario, and I would switch to that person, which was a little frustrating at times mm-hmm. because I would get to that location, kind of scope it out, and then be like, okay, this person would be better. And so then I would switch to that person. Well, that person would appear on the other side of the fucking map. Oh, really? Yeah. Mine they, always appeared right next to me. They never appeared right next to me. Wow. And I, I don't know, like, if it was uh, 
glitch or what from that statement but yeah they were they always seemed to be not like most of them were close Mm -hmm. but it was never like hey man high five let's switch places yeah i would actually see my old like if i was the guy and i switched to the girl she would show up and i would see the guy walking away from where i was standing like they were almost on top of each other i had that a couple of times but there were some times where i would that's do weird. the switch, and I'd be like, "Why the fuck am I like twelve blocks away?" That's weird. Yeah, it it, it was it was infuriating too, because then I had to run back to the location, well, rescout it out, uh, all this shit. But yeah, and then there were times where like one simple fuck up, and I'm running away, and like I I don't know why, but like twelve Albion vehicles showed up with four people in each vehicle jumping out of it just unloading at me and i'm like well this character's dead (laughs) okay let's go find her replacement (laughs) take two yeah basically because that was but that's what it was it was Mm -hmm. let's go find her replacement oh this person basically has the same skill set because you found a lot of them Mm, oh yeah Yeah, there were a finite amount of skill sets and a shit ton of people Mm -hmm. like a shit ton i did want to recruit there's some more like eccentric characters like i found a magician who could hypnotize people yeah i wanted to recruit her and use her i never got around to it um i found a guy with a guitar i wanted to recruit him and then just kind of see like what that option was doing but you know as we'll talk more about it like by the time i found those people and i was like oh this might be kind of fun i was also kind of losing steam for my for wanting to play yeah, i lost steam pretty quick but it like, there were some fun things like yeah we mentioned the fight club so there are these areas around the city that are fight clubs like illegal underground fight clubs and the whole purpose is you go in and you go through three rounds i never did one yeah you you go through three rounds of the fight club and then you have like the boss round type deal and the first fight club that i did of course it's these two people that come in Mm -hmm. and you're like wait a second isn't this supposed to be a one-on-one thing and they're like this is fight club bitch there ain't no rules and they both attack you and you've got to fight them and so like but after that um you can you recruit like the three lesser people or you get the option to recruit the three like you can choose out of all the people in the fight club who you recruit except for like the last guy no even the oh, last even guy. last one okay even cool. the last guy um and you can you can recruit them automatically into dead sec so like it's a quick way to build up a, a a lot of people because you've got like four or five people just right there that you can go recruit 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 recruit, nice. recruit. yeah and boom they're they're in and then you can select through them. And then, um, like, it mainly felt like it was just about recruiting people yeah. to me. Because there was the aspect of, like, all these little side missions and, and sub-quests and stuff that you could do. Yeah. That the reward for it was, oh, you've, you've recruited, this person's joined your team. Which is how I got my spy back. Which I was kind of okay with. He came with a silenced pistol and a cool fancy watch. <laughs> and um, my assassin. Mm-hmm. Which came with a silenced pistol and a sniper rifle. And like I, I kind of felt bad. Because it really did feel like non-violent for Like they, non-lethal is the way they wanted you to go in this game. Mm-hmm. Like your spider bot doesn't kill him. No. It knocks him out. Mm-hmm. 
um, all of the weapons that you can build and everything just knocks him out, which is weird because in the other two games, it was fucking Aiden Pierce, who's the main character of the first one. He had a pistol yeah, and he shot you <laughs> and it was fun. And like, so like when I was playing the assassin, which I did end up playing quite a bit because I just liked the fact that I would just basically work my way up into this other building across from where I was going and just fucking pick people off. Nice. Yeah. It was fucked up and I loved it, but it like, well, so this is a Ubisoft game. So oh, yeah, we didn't even do that. Map is m- the map is pretty big. It's divided into boroughs. Each borough has anywhere between two and four. I was noticing maybe yeah. three and four, um, like spe- special quests that you have to do. It's you have to get photographic evidence. You gotta paint over. You gotta like change a mural from Albion propaganda. It's, it's it, an Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, without being an assassin. Yeah, and you do enough stuff, you open the burrow, and when you complete the burrow, you usually get a very special character recruited, like the hitman and the assassin. And yeah, um, depending on the area. Yeah, and yeah, depending on what it is. Like one, I did like that one of the areas was uh, rugby hooligans. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, and yeah, so you know, lots of stuff to collect. You can collect different masks. You know, you already brought up. There's the pig mask. That you've seen in all the promotional stuff. Yeah. That's got a flare in his mouth. Um, you know, I had one. It was like a skull mask that had lit candles on top. Yeah, like a crown yeah. of lit candles. Yes. Yeah. 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 I really like that, that one. That was one of the things that came depending on the version of the game you bought oh, or maybe, something yeah. like that. I don't know. Because I had the same mask. But, like, for as much as those cosmetic things were great, the story kind of was, like, shitty. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I just I didn't get into it. No. I had a real hard time getting into this game because, again, like I said, it felt like an Assassin's Creed game without the Assassin's Creed title. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't invested in the characters. I'm one of those people that like the storyline's got to be good. Yeah, it's got it, it's got to pull me in because if it doesn't. I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Yeah. Like, I don't want to run, run around your world if I don't have a purpose. I'm not one of those people. And I know there are people out there. And if that's if that's your thing, this game's great fun. Yeah. There's a shit ton to do. When you go to recruit every single person, they have a mission for you. Every single person. They're mm-hmm. like, hey, well, I'll think about joining DeadSec, but I got this issue. Can you go eliminate my grandma? Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's fun because they are they are nicely diverse, not diverse enough. No, the, yeah. you do repeat some. Yeah, but it's it's usually oh they have you know the 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 gang has some incriminating evidence on me. Go and destroy that. Or yeah. um, hey, somebody asked me to go pick up a, a vehicle, but I'm not a hundred percent sure it's on the up and up. Can you go get it for me? Or yeah, my family's in trouble. Can you help them out? Yeah, you know. Um, but again, not really diverse enough. No, no. There is some repeat, especially if you mainly focus on recruiting people, which you can. Like, it, it was true in the sense of you can recruit as many people of whoever you want as you can. Now, I think there is a limit, though. I, I don't know. I never reached it because eventually I just got tired of recruiting people. Yeah. I, I really did because I'm just like, I have all these people. They have all these different skill sets. I'm not even using 90% of them because my spider bot can overcome all of them. Yeah. Uh, it's 45. You can, oh, okay. the limit you can have is 45, but 
one of the big things that did drive me nuts and the reason why I recruited the whole family was because I wanted to recruit this person from Albion. Yeah. And at the stage that I was at in the game when I was trying to do that, you you couldn't. And it didn't it didn't matter what you did. Mm-hmm. Like you just couldn't. Just like you couldn't recruit from can clan Kelly. Um and that was frustrating because they're promoting this, hey, if you have this person with this outfit doing this thing, then you can get into these certain areas. And some of these quests, I'm like, man, if I could just use this person to infiltrate mm. and get in, this quest would be done and done, which is another aspect that once I kind of realized that as well, I'm like, well, then this game is far easier. I did it than once. Yeah. Yeah, I did it once with a construction worker. I ha- I was going in to get a collectible and I thought, "Oh, I'll just try it with a construction worker." And basically it's you just can't get too close to people otherwise they kind figure of it out. they figure it out. And yeah, I, I walked in, one guy started to figure out who I was, so I like ran around a column and a break line of sight, went and got the thing and ran back out. And yeah, I went Man, that's that wasn't fun. That was too easy. Yeah, like it's more fun oh, using I did the it spider with the, drone. With the police station, I had to go into the police station and get some evidence on somebody that they had. Mm-hmm. And I walked in and literally I just kind of I went from pillar to pillar to pillar to pillar and then made my way downstairs and went around this server and then went plugged my shit in, grabbed it and then just walked out and I went, "Wow." And so then I reloaded. Mhm. And I just played it how I would normally play it, right? Yeah. Where I started fucking tasering people and knocking them down with my spider bot. I had a shit ton more fun. It took me like three times longer to get through the area. And that's when I was just like, they put too much. Mm -hmm. They put too much into, into this that it doesn't matter what difficulty you're playing it on. It doesn't matter really what you're doing. It's too easy yeah i found that so the way that it works is you you can make money but the money is only used for buying cosmetics and again that's shoes pants shirts over shirts hats masks purses backpacks um you know there's things that you can buy and there's stores all around the place that you can buy this cosmetic stuff from but it doesn't change anything no and so money isn't really an issue because if you don't care about decking your people out like I did, right? And I only did it for a couple of people. <laughs> then you, you – what? So Sorry. Sorry. One of the things. In the first game, right, mm-hmm. I'm walking around as Aiden Pierce and I'd pull out my phone and I'd see you and let's say you're the CEO of, you know, Stark Enterprises. Okay. Right? And you made $30 trillion a year. I could steal money from you. Oh, nice. Right? And, again, the money in that game, money in these games have always kind of been this thing of, like, it's only really used for various different things, but not not really that big. Mm -hmm. Uh, In that one, you couldn't change your appearance. Aiden Pierce's, what he was wearing is what he was wearing. You couldn't change it. But you bought guns and stuff like that, and ammo and stuff. But you found enough of that out in the world that you never really needed to buy it. But one of my favorite pastimes in that first game was just walking around stealing money from people. Because then they would get notification of, hey, your account's been hacked. Yeah. And they'd be like, what the fuck? And I would just laugh. And I'm, my my wife would just be like, you are so stupid. <laughs> like, this is so stupid. But, like, you couldn't do that in this game. No. the It auto-did it. Did you notice that? What? If you targeted somebody, it would sometimes 
auto trigger where you took money from their account. Oh no, I but never noticed you, that. You couldn't do you couldn't trigger it yourself and you couldn't pick who you did it from. It did it for you. Hmm. And I was like, well that that takes out the fun. I don't like this. This is stupid. <laughs> Sorry, but go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's clothing, fine. all that other stuff. It's but fine. like yeah, it it was just a funny memory from one of the previous games. Because I like ultimately, I gotta say, I've I've been pretty disappointed in Ubisoft recently. Yeah, yeah. Like I I feel like we're getting a lot of copy and paste from them, mm-hmm. and it it just they used to be good. They used to be so good with storylines and and new technology and new ways of going about things. And like the Watch Dogs original franchise was just such this bright big new concept. Right. Mm -hmm. That I was like, oh, my God, I'm really interested in this. And this one, it's like, you know what? Let's go silly. Let's. And it it really is like, let's go silly. A 90 year old grandma wearing one of these masks running downtown with a mohawk because you could customize everything about him. Did you know that? No, I only I only you can only because the only thing I ever found was that I could customize my outfit. Oh, I never like never appearance. One one of the places that I found you could redo their hair. Really? Yeah. Oh, I never found that place. And like and then like if you if you really wander around enough, because I did, I did a lot of wandering. I didn't go so much into the storyline of the game. I wasn't interested in the storyline of the game. I wanted to experience the gameplay and all this other stuff. And like, so. The main thing I did, mm-hmm. I called in the that big, um, like, worker drone that would carry the crates. Yep. And I would jump on top of it, and I would fly around the top of the city like Magneto. <laughs> Seriously. I've done that a couple of times. And I would hack into things, and I would get collectibles that I couldn't reach, and then I would just, like, throw my spider bot out there, right, to go and... and and do things for me. And I was just floating above the city. And I'm just like, this is, it was fun. It, like there were certain aspects that I could have fun with, but it wasn't um, sustainable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, uh, as I was flying around, I saw this like 80 year old man with a cane with a mohawk nice wearing like just a leather jacket so no shirt underneath okay and like short hot shorts and fun it was his i went wow that was that was the random generator going well let's just throw this out there yeah (laughs) like and i recruited him because i was like you look special yeah And he didn't have, like, not everybody has a special ability or comes with two items or anything like that. He had nothing. I was going to say, and even a lot of times, some of the older people that I would look at, it would say, like, can't run, can't crouch, easily falls down. Like, it, it, there were some negative parts. Oh, I didn't see that one. One of my guys had IBS, so it, it limited his stealth ability because he would randomly fart. No, that's awesome. And it was funny, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, it's funny the first time. Why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because like, why, though? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to recruit him and I'm not going to try and run a mission with him. I'm like, for serious gameplay, that person's out. But if you want to go silly, if you want to do ridiculous. Oh, like, 
Yeah, there were plenty. There's, there's plenty of people. There, there were plenty of times where I found a store that sold like a giant British flag top hat, and I just was like, man, I really want to make like a like a Riddler esque sort of tourist person, like bright green pants, bright green jacket, you know, giant flag top hat kind of thing. Like I just wanted to make you know the most ridiculous looking person possible, but what. What I was getting towards was the get to get back to that was the tech Sorry. points. No, no, it's fine. I mean, it's part of what we were talking about. Yeah. So the people have static abilities, but you collect tech points on uh, in the world, and yeah. that's what you want you use to unlock certain things that everybody can do. You know, that's how you unlock weapons. It's how you unlock gadgets. It's how you unlock the ability to like. Um, you know, like the first thing you can do is, okay, you can hack a, a dr- uh, an enemy drone and shut it down for a little bit. Then you can take it over. And then the final level is you can like turn that attack drone on everybody. Yeah. Basically, you become the friendly and they become the target. Yeah. And I spent so much time, like I would go to a burrow, I would clear out everything on the map, I'd get all the money, I'd get all the collectibles, I'd get all the tech points. And by the time I got done with like the third or fourth burrow i was like burst (laughs) well i was like i already like you know my pistol stuff is maxed out i my sneak is maxed out my stealth is maxed out like i i got to a point where i was like i don't really care about unlocking any of this other stuff you want to talk about a fucked up glitch right okay leveled out my maxed out my pistol okay when you max out your pistol you get a silencer on it yes my pistol never got a silencer that sucks never Maxed out, never got a silencer, so I never had a silenced pistol. That's which that's when my spider bot became my main friend because I couldn't even as a person take out people silently. Mm-hmm. So I was like, This is this is dumb. And like I Googled it, like, do I have to attach the silencer? <laughs> does it automatically attach? Why does my pistol not have a silencer? I unequipped it, ran around for a while with other things, re-equipped it, still didn't have a silencer. I'm like, what the fuck? Weird. Yeah, my pistol, no matter who I played too, did not have a silencer. And it's not I'm like, did I did I fuck up? Does it need another tech point? What? Mm. But yeah, no, after that first burrow that you go into. I got enough tech points that the ones that I was interested in and the ones that would help me out with gameplay, I dropped in enough points into them that I was like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. And that just goes to the, the idea that there's just a little too much in this, like, yeah, like fewer tech points, you know, again, the money is inconsequential, so it doesn't really matter, you know, so, but there was just money lying around all over the place. Oh yeah. The collectibles were kind of cool, but what about the murals? You're the uh, what? What do you call them? The wall art shit. Yeah, I did a few of those. I it was kind of fun to be able to like, but I never felt like it made a difference. No, it was just for a a quick way to get like thirty bucks. Yeah, and it was a thing to do. And that's there was I'm, something else with it. If you undi- if you did so many of them, it it changed your appeal in the eyes of the people and stuff like oh, that. Man, I like I never really noticed but anything. But I different never noticed. Them. I never noticed the difference because it really just kind of felt like if you weren't clan kelly or albion i could just walk up to you and be like hey you want to be a part of dead sex yeah exactly every now and then like i would find somebody that had like a a down arrow but usually that was because they were like office assistant for albion or something like that you know it was there was kind of a reason why and i never i never got far enough in the gameplay the storyline aspect to be able to recruit anybody from albion Mm -hmm. or clan kelly 
So like to me, it was really frustrating because here I am trying to figure out like, hey, how do I change this down arrow? So like I would look at them and one of the abilities that you can unlock is a deeper dive into their background, right? Mm -hmm. So I could see family and friends. I could see their schedule and stuff like that. And literally like I felt like a creepy stalker because <laughs> I chose somebody who had one down arrow and I chose to follow them. And basically be like, I'm going to follow them, and whenever they get into trouble, I'll save their life, right? Mm -hmm. And I followed them, and I followed them, and I swear I felt felt like I followed them for three days, game time, not <laughs> real life, like, but game time. Followed them through their entire schedule, whole nine yards. They finally got into a, a, a predicament where they were being attacked, and I came in and I shot the guy with a taser and stopped the attack from happening. And then I looked at her, and I had two down arrows. <laughs> and i'm like i just saved your life <laughs> what the hell like dude it was so messed up yeah and so i just kind of like i was like how do i i can clearly make them hate me more how do i make them hate me less mm -hmm. and like i tried the whole recruit the entire family thing yeah. like maybe i was thinking like i I maybe put too much thought process into this <laughs> i was thinking like well, at the dinner table, because on their schedule on Friday nights at six o'clock, they have family dinner with their parents and their sister. So at the dinner table, the family is going to be like, you know, who's real great? Dead sect. <laughs> and, you know, try and convince her that dead sect isn't that bad. And then, like, as I was having this thought process, I went, Caleb, this is a video game. They didn't do that. There's no fucking way they did that. But. So I've got a question for you. Okay. What was your favorite part about the game? Hmm. Yeah. I got nothing. Yeah. I what, don't what's your least favorite part about the game? <sighs> the story. Uh, I was not moved by it. I had fun in the. So here's the thing, right? We've talked about this before. 30 second game loop, right? What is the thing you're going to be doing the most? And the thing you're going to be doing the most is going into places to get something. So how much fun is that? I found I had the most fun when I was using the spider drone. Or to throw it up in some of the smaller areas, I'd use my, my boxer chick. Yeah. But even those moments, as I progressed through the story, those became less and less. Again, I stopped reaping any benefits i didn't need the tech points i didn't need the money i had already found masks that i liked i didn't care about collecting all the masks and yeah. all the collectibles and stuff so it just got it ended up getting tedious because it's too big too much to do yeah like i felt like scaling was off you know it was i got a, a lot of stuff on the front end yeah and by the time i was you know doing stuff I, I was already I already felt overpowered. Yes, I could be taken down in one or two shots, but I had but because I'd built myself up to not ever be in that position, like I would send my yeah. spider I send my spider drone in and if he gets caught, I would just walk away, wait for that cooldown, wait for everybody to calm down, go back and just pick up where I left off. Yeah. Like because all it did was wait, somebody's here. Yeah, and they would go look around, and that was pretty much it. But they, they would break their their routine pattern of where they walked. I um. 
So normally in games like this, where you have the different burrows, right? Mm. There's normally scaling and difficulty per each burrow, right? Yeah. I didn't feel like that here. You start off in one part of London. If you went to a completely different part of London right off the bat, not mm. gathering any tech points or anything like that, I felt like it was the same level of difficulty. Yeah. Which is why I think you feel like the scaling is off. Because there was no increase in difficulty depending on where you went. Even if you followed the storyline in that area, like I think it would have been better if we if they we <laughs> I'm not a part of um Ubisoft. I, I apologize for that. If they were to then take that area and scale it up. Heavier Albion, mm -hmm. you know, um, intrusion type stuff or better detection or as you went through and you did more things, it like they beefed up their technology. So there was a chance of when you would walk through one of those detectors on the road or drive through them in your car, Albion would be like, wait a second, this is a person of interest mm -hmm. and like flag you or whatever and follow you or something. Right. Like they had these things built into place where I'm like, I could see where if I went into a different area, this would be more difficult because like some of those were down, um, especially in the areas like if you took them over mm -hmm. those little sensors and stuff, they would go down. They wouldn't work anymore. Yeah, the you shut them down. The only time I ever noticed those checkpoints and stuff was if um, proverbial tits, you know, went up and I needed to get away and I was driving away. And I'll get to the cars here in a second because I got a lot to say about the cars and the driving. But if I was <laughs> driving away and I went through one of those checkpoints, mm -hmm. like if I had lost them, but I was still on their radar, going through that checkpoint would like re-get them up on my ass. Yeah. But... Once I did it the first time, I was like, oh, I just know not to drive through there until they no longer care about me. Yeah. So you ended up just going in circles until they stopped caring and following you, and then you could drive off or whatever. Wherever. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I mean, though. And it didn't matter where you were in the city mm -hmm. at all. It was all the same difficulty level. And so, like, there was no scaling in my mind. And the few storyline missions that I did, I didn't feel like those scaled either. Mm -hmm. Like, they were more difficult. And if they did, maybe it was offset by the fact that I was so overloaded with technical points yeah. and everything like that, that, again, I would, oh, you need to infiltrate this building. Okay, well, then there's seven guards on the outside of it. Spider-Bot, take down one, take down one, mm. take down one, take down one, blew up. Okay, wait, 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 release Spider-Bot, take down one, take down one, take down one, you know. Or if I got real spicy, because sometimes I would get bored, because yep. it was boring mm -hmm. to me, I would go, all right, I got the submachine gun. Yeah. Let's do this. Or you take your assassin with a sniper rifle across the street. Yeah. But even then, that got kind of boring, yeah. because it, well, just, it was too easy. <clears throat> I And I wholeheartedly agree. Like, it got to a point. So, you and I had a... Um, was it you and I? It may have been me and my girlfriend. I don't remember who. I was talking to somebody recently about... Like, I get to a point sometimes in a big game like this where I feel myself fading. If yeah. it's too big and there's too much to do. Definitely girlfriend talk. Yeah, I think this Yeah, I think this was with her. And I got to that point with this. Like, I got to a point where I was like, I need to just focus on the story. Because if I don't, I'll never finish this game. Because you're right. After a while, it just got boring. Yeah. But, like, to an extent, right? 
depending on the game, depends on when that happened. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I'm a huge Witcher 3 fan. I love it. I love The Witcher. I I read all the books before they, you know, created the show. Um, I've played all three of the games. Like, I, I've always loved The Witcher. I was about, I would say, three quarters of the way through that game before I went, man, I just got to focus on some of the mm-hmm. story for a while because I'm just getting so bored mm-hmm. with all of the side quests or all of the collectibles or hunting these monsters or doing bounty board quests or yeah. whatever. And, but like in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, mm. I was kind of, I was bored with that. I would say a quarter of the way through the game. Yep. And where that, I got so bored so fast that I kind of was like, I don't even want to do the storyline because I'm just bored. Like you haven't pulled me into your game world. You haven't made this an experience where I feel, I care, I mm-hmm. want to know what happens next. Yeah, I'm intrigued. There, like, I don't feel that way. I feel like, and it's the same with this game. I feel like you're like, look at our shiny new things that aren't really shiny or new, yeah. but we want you to do them. And there's a lot of them, so you'll never get bored because there's so many. Yeah, and and if that's that's a problem, hold on, hold on. We added more. <laughs> it's and it's quantity over quality. It is. Give me give me a good solid 25 30 hour game with a really deep story and maybe like five or six different things that are really fun to do, then give me a 100 hour game with 120 side missions and seven story missions and the story missions are done in 8 hours, but for the other 92 hours it's all side quest stuff. I would much rather have the first thing than the second thing. See, and here's my, like, to an extent, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the reasons why I got really big into JRPGs because I got really tired of buying a game, beating the storyline in six hours, and then beating all of the additional content in another 20 hours. Yeah. And that was my gameplay. Like, no. Mm-hmm. Even worse when the gameplay was eight hours. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me Mm. um and then i found jrpgs they have side quests but the storyline is so deep so rich and i can dump 30 40 hours into that game and enjoy it a lot because i cared about my characters i built up these relationships the storyline was great but to your second example if the side quests are good Mm. Which is one of the reasons why I actually do really love the side missions in Witcher 3 is because there were stories. Mm. They they weren't like, oh, go and kill 15 wolf pelts or get me 15 wolf pelts and return them for me so that my family doesn't freeze to death this winter. It was like full-fledged stories. You made choices. Those choices had consequences. If you fill it with that, I like it. Yeah. Well, because it makes me feel like I'm more a part of that world. Think about think about Ghost of Tsushima, right? Well, let me try that again because I looked away from the mic. You did. I was like... <clears throat> think about Ghost of Tsushima, right? The, the few side missions that there were in that game were all very meaningful. Yeah. They, they weren't overloaded. And 
you had different degrees. You had the side missions for the main characters, like Lady Masako yeah. and your sensei and Norio, the warrior monk. Yeah. But then you had some of the smaller side missions, like the guy who... You know, was when visited the grave, when visited the the grave of his lover, or the town where all the women had been sent away. Yeah, you know, those were really quick. Those were five, ten minute little missions. But even those quick, they little, had story. They had some story to it. This is just, you know, go to this building and loot it, or do a story mission. Yeah, and like there wasn't. Well, and that's why I wanted to point out the difference between the, your two scenarios mm. because. I've played games where the main storyline, like, think about it. If you just went through and played the main storyline of Ghost of Tsushima, mm-hmm. you didn't explore the map, you didn't do any of the side quish missions, how long do you think that st- game line story would take? Oh, jeez. Six? Yeah. Eight hours? Six, eight hours? Yeah. But I dumped 30 hours into that game. Mm-hmm. 35 hours into that game. I think I was closer to 35 hours into that game. So only eight of that 35 hours was main storyline, but it didn't feel that way because right. the rest of the time there were stories, there was substance. And there it was... wasn't it wasn't overloaded. It wasn't no. a million other little things. It was just a few well, handful. There, there, there was a lot of those foxholes, but <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, but it, it was filled with substance. Mm-hmm. So if you give me a, a hundred hour gameplay and eight of its storyline, but the other 92 hours of it is side missions, but those side missions are of substance. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. Cause think of games like Skyrim mm-hmm. or Marlin main storylines, not very big in those games, but you could easily dump a hundred hours into those games, 120 hours into those games on side missions alone. Mm-hmm. And that's because they are of substance. Yes. And that's what I feel like this game very much lacked was substance. And I I agree. That is probably a better way of expressing my thoughts of what I was trying to say. Okay. Yeah. So, no, I totally – because I do. I totally agree with you. Fallout 3 is in my top five favorite games. And that game alone, with all of the side stuff that you can do, is hours worth of gameplay. And not – all of it is relevant or interesting, but yeah. there's enough that's relevant and interesting that I very rarely got bored. Fallout 4, I stopped playing because I got bored and then forced myself to go back and play it to just to beat it just so I could be done with it off of my list. You yeah. know? But again, it's a, a very valid point. Um, it, it's about substance. Yeah. And I feel like that's. I'm getting disappointed in Ubisoft. Right. Because r- the recent games that I'm playing, I feel like are very much lacking substance. It's, mm-hmm. it's all about flair and this this little catchy stuff. Like, I never understood the appeal to Saints Row. Mm-hmm. I liked the first game, but the first game, to me, kind of had some substance. There was a storyline. You were a gang member. You were trying to rebuild your gang. All this other stuff. Second game, hey, you have wings. <laughs> and, and a giant, inappropriate bat (laughs) like it like it 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 went silly i played the i I played the fourth one for probably 20 minutes and it starts with you being the president of the united states and aliens are attacking and i went i am not on enough drugs to enjoy this right now (laughs) yeah and i feel the substance of the game went away Mm -hmm. it was filled with something else which there are time there's a time and a place for it for kookiness yeah but this was a this was a series that wasn't based on that kind of stuff. 
You know, yeah. it, it would it hit some serious issues in the first couple of games. Sex trafficking, drug trafficking, Big Brother literally controlling and manipulating you and everything like that. And this game just didn't feel like it hit the same notes. Well, just well, let's think about this for a second, right? If we if the premise of the game is that we're living in a sort of militaristically run London. Yeah. Why does everybody look fine? Like there's a handful of of protesters on, you know, every few streets. Yeah. But yeah. like I would expect people to be walking with their heads hung low or you know like it didn't like I was in a world that didn't look like it was being run by a malicious military corporation. No. And that's part of the I think part of the atmosphere problem is that i didn't feel like i needed to fix anything yeah and i was just doing i was just checking things off well, the like, honeydew list there, there were people who were upset well not to get political look at modern times there are people who are getting upset mm -hmm. and it, it it didn't it didn't feel like well here's this issue it kind of felt like well this is my own personal issue and i'm forcing it on everybody else yeah like no these people are bad. Follow me now. And these people went, well, okay. Yeah. It just, like, it, it didn't feel right. No, but you, you were talking about the cars, right? So let's, so, let's talk about the cars real fast. Okay. So I don't understand why you need cars in this game because there are tube station, fast travel points all around, all the around the place. All over the place. They're usually only like a hundred meters or so walk from whatever destination you need to get to. Yeah. You can fast travel to any of them from anywhere. So why have all the cars? You can't keep the cars unless, and I have to do specifically say unless, right? The spy comes with a car. Sometimes. She, she keeps that. Um, I found a guy who was an who was an EMT. He came with an ambulance. These people that are like prestige level operatives, when you get them, you, they have access to that vehicle. Yeah. But again, why? You don't really need it for anything. Like if you're the spy and you're driving around in your spy car and you're blowing up stuff with rockets, like doesn't that defeat the purpose of being a spy? It I mean, attracts some attention. I just don't understand it. And like the cars weren't terrible to drive, but I never really found myself driving, them? driving them because that was, that's been an issue that I've had since the first game Yeah, because it was the same thing. Okay. Now in the first game, the fast travel points weren't as close. So there would be times where you would fast travel to a location, hijack a car and then drive to your location. Cause it, it, it just made the travel time quicker. Makes perfect sense. Um, in the second one, you're in San Francisco. Mm. There's so much to do between point A and point B that you would constantly be getting in and out of your car. Yeah. So I didn't find myself traveling in a car a lot because and just clearing the map going, oh, here's my next mission point. When I'm traveling to that location, I can hit this spot, this spot, this spot, this spot and, and like just collect this stuff as I go. Mm -hmm. And. And that game, it made it real easy to kind of like, I think at the, by the end of it, there was like maybe a dozen or so little collectibles that because they weren't directly on my path from A to B, mm. I had to go back around the city and collect. But that's not bad considering how many there was to begin with. Yeah. So I never found myself in a car for that reason alone because it, then it just took more time. Mm -hmm. Like 
it was no faster for me to hop in the car, drive to point B, hop out of the car, do what I needed to there, hop in the car, drive to my next point than it was for me to run to point B, just do what I needed to, then run to point C, do what I needed to. And that's kind of what I felt like in this city as well. There was so much. Yeah. Driving in a car was pointless. There was only twice that I drove in a car. Yeah. Twice. And that was to get the fuck away. One of them was a mission. I had to go pick up a car and drive it into the river. Yes. There's there there are times you have to get in cars for something. Like I had to steal a van in one of my missions. Yeah. So like that I understand. But again, right, if you can't if I can't keep the car, what's the point of having it? If I don't like again So, so like part of the coolness of it though, just counterpoint, devil's fine. advocate. That's what I like. Was you could hack into any car. Yeah. Like the point is you're 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 not necessarily a law-abiding citizen. No. It di- it does kind of counteract itself in this game in particular because you are supposed to be doing things for the citizens and I'll tell you I'd be super pissed if th- <laughs> I'm I'm in downtown and this guy runs up, hops in my car and drives away and I find out that he's a part of this group that's supposed to be helping me as a citizen, but he just drove my car into six other cop cars, and now it's fucking totaled. Mm-hmm. He's not paying for that. I am. <laughs> like, So there is some counterbalance, I guess? Well, I was just going to say, what happened more? Did you hijack a car that was on autopilot, or did you hijack a car from a person? So, does not matter? Because a car that was on autopilot still belongs to somebody. They were just driving to that person. Oh, I just figured that they were like just driving around roaming taxis. No, nope. like you like anybody could get in this autopilot car and go. No, somewhere. because if you look at the car description, it will tell you who who owns it. Oh, I never did that. Yeah, it will tell you who owns the car. <laughs> I just would look and be like, oh, I, I guess I need a car for this. I'll steal this one. Oh, look, it's got the A on it. Nobody's in it. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, if, if you use right. your little phone device to look well, at the cars, it will tell you who owns them. So I tend to steal cars from Albion employees. <laughs> Why the fuck not? Why not? Yeah, they already hate me. Fuck them. Yeah. And literally, like, there was one where I stole her car, like, a couple of, couple of game days later, I bump into her around her work. And it literally had, like, the two down arrows because she was pissed. And nice. I was like, I'm sure it's because I jacked her fucking vehicle. Nice. But, like... And to those certain extents, like, if you're very imaginative and you want to create stories for these people, you have a whole world to do that. And it's kind of fun. And you see their schedule and they're like, oh, they're going to dinner with their sister. I wonder if they're going to talk about this. But you also (laughs) might want to get checked out by a psychiatrist. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah, the cars thing just went over my head. I didn't feel that was necessary. Um the sad part is i think we've really talked about everything we talked about the cards we've talked about the tech points we've talked about the side missions we've talked about the storyline to a certain extent like we've talked about the gadgets it does get it does get more detailed and more rich in the storyline um i just never found it that interesting uh if you are interested in it there are loads of other reviews that get really detailed into this storyline um i i never beat the game I'm going to be straight straight on upfront about that right now. I lost so much interest in this game so quickly that I never beat the game. Once a game completely loses its challenging difficulty for me, I'm kind of out like mm. unless if I'm really invested in the storyline. 
something like The Witcher. Like, you could yeah. be overpowered in The Witcher, but you would still keep playing because you're invested. Yeah. Well, and I've replayed The Witcher. And, like, in my opinion, actually, almost the best value of the game is if you went through the first gameplay and you maxed out your character and then you started a new game plus mm-hmm. and you were max level and then you're fighting it all of those creatures scale up to your max level so the difficulty's back and it's constant yeah <laughs> throughout the whole game there is no well now i can overpower them granted there are people there are movies or uh youtube channels and stuff like that that go you want easy fights in the witcher build out your character like this and you're just an ungodly powerful beast that swings your sword six times and the creature just slices and dices (laughs) you know and there are builds like that in the witcher but there are also builds that you can do where if you're good at the gameplay it can still be challenging and still be fun Mm. so i had more fun in like my second and third playthrough of the witcher just because that constant enemy challenge was up there they were all max max level with me if not a little bit above it yeah and it was awesome but there was so much other to do in the storylines and, and all this other stuff and then at the same time like the i think the witcher is an unfair game <laughs> in my mind to compare this one to because the witcher had something like 48 different endings mm-hmm based on decisions that you made throughout the game. Mm -hmm. So even a second or third playthrough, you're not hitting all of the different endings. You're not seeing all of the possibilities that could happen based off of your choices. So the replay value was definitely there, even in the storyline aspect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where in this, it's static. This is your storyline. Yeah. This is it. Which, don't get me wrong, there are games that I have played with static storylines that I have played over and over and over and over and over again. Resident Evil 4 is a big one. Yeah. <laughs> like, Leon Kennedy is one of my favorite game characters ever made because he's just, he's just so cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just he's just a badass. Um, but, like, I loved playing that game. Mm-hmm. It's a static storyline. There is no change in that whatsoever. But I've played it a half a dozen times easily, if not more. This is just not one that I got that invested into. I didn't enjoy the gameplay. I didn't enjoy the tech points. I didn't enjoy the storyline. I didn't enjoy the open world. I like. And you know what else? Because this this has recently come up with what I was just playing. I never like no area was distinguished looking. Right? Like, does that make sense? Like, I never yeah. really knew where I was. Whereas, <clears throat> something along the lines of gta online uh-huh they're like you can kind of learn this oh is the upper class area this is yeah like suburbs. oh i'm i'm over by the high rises i know that i'm near downtown and i know that i'm near my apartment and i know that if i go this way i'm gonna hit the beach oh i'm over here and this this is more slummy looking area i'm more east of everything i know i can hop on the freeway here and kind of do that with this i never knew where i was it all looked the same and again the i've never been to london no, well and i'm just talking in the aesthetics of the game uh, yeah, yeah. No, no but I, like i'm wondering because there were a lot of points in this that were historically accurate mm. you know big ben oh yeah parliament all, all of that the right? i yeah whatever they call the, the ferris wheel i apologize for not knowing what it's called yeah but like all of that's in it but like did they make the whole city look accurate? Mm. Like if I take this game and I walk down this street in <laughs> London 
and I look to my left, am I going to see the same buildings there that I see in the game? I don't know if we have, like, the permission to do that kind of shit on that mass city scale level. Well... Like, because I I would think there would be some sort of, like, privacy issues. So I did... So, because one of the things you can do is you can go to Buckingham Palace. Yeah. And I was curious if the way that I got to Buckingham Palace was the way that you really do it. So I brought it up on Google Maps. Okay. And it looks pretty accurate. There's like a double gate that you go through or like a double archway that you go under. Yeah. And then there's a long road and a cul-de-sac and then Bu- Buckingham Palace is it behind it. Yeah. And that's how it looks in the game. But everything prior to that double archway, I was it's like, not, it doesn't, not. it didn't look similar. Oh, okay. So, cause that was my question was like, if they made it a one-to-one basically like scale model of yeah. London, I've never been to London, but maybe London as a whole kind of looks that <laughs> way, you know, where know. it's all like the same because there are some places where no matter where you are in the city, it, it, it all looks the same. Yeah, it was like it all looks the same. It's not until you start getting to the fringes of the city that you're like, oh, I'm in the higher class area because I'm around mansions or, oh, I'm in the slums because that's a cardboard box and somebody's sleeping in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm. but in the main part of the city, it all looks the same. Yeah, I would I, I would hazard a guess that around the iconic points, like you were saying, like Big Ben and Parliament and buckingham palace and the ferris wheel those i'm guessing would probably be a little more one-to-one one-to-one better represented yeah but yeah the outlying stuff it's more just like here's a borough and we're just going to copy and paste some buildings in there which which you know could have been more fun to do to do that like let's google map london and we'll recreate it it doesn't have to be you know i mean like there's a mcdonald's on this street corner and a starbucks on this street corner we'll just turn those into normal pubs like you don't have to make it an or accurate your, your, reprep- your own or yeah or the, my own restaurant own my version. own coffee coffee shop yeah and stuff like yeah that. you didn't have to do that but maybe something like that that could have been more fun to know oh this is actually like how london is laid out that would have been a lot of fun too yeah um and i like i would have appreciated those games a little bit more but i did feel like it was a little futuristic mm -hmm. and um i i don't know like futuristic is the best thing that because even the buildings architecture and everything like that it felt more futuristic instead of like rustic london you know what i mean yeah so i i get where you're going with that but yeah, no. I, so as I was saying, I I really think that we've kind of hit all of the points. I I don't have much else to say about this game. What about yourself? No, I would say that you know my closing thoughts would probably be it's a it's a mile it's a mile wide because there's a whole big like the area is big that you can do stuff in, but it's only an inch deep because there's only so much you can really do. Yeah. It gets repetitive really quickly. The story wasn't super compelling. I had fun while I was playing, but that. Like that bell curve dipped really quickly. (laughs) And I'm usually pretty good about like, I'll keep trucking. I'll keep trucking. I'll keep going again. Right. I was just playing something that was as big or bigger. And I got a hundred hours into that before I went, I'm done with this. It was not nearly that long. It was much quicker that I went. I'm over this. I would say I probably put about 15 hours into the game. Yeah, I don't remember um, what my final time was. I don't either, but I'm I'm rough estimate about 15 hours into yeah. the game. 
I didn't do a whole lot of storyline, so that should tell you 15 hours. And I, I was always doing something, collecting side missions, c- recruiting mm-hmm. people. Um, but I would I would concur with the, that closing statement. Like it, it, I think that's like the best analogy ever. It, it is. It's a mile wide and an each inch deep because it's just there's there's not a lot diversity in it. It's a lot of the same. And like even how, trying to figure out how to get to certain. Once I found out that you could fly, yeah, literally that's what it was. I was flying. I was on that drone. No collectible became unattainable. No, I was, and I the only thing bumming about that is you couldn't get an upgrade to make them go faster. Oh god, that would have been so nice. But that's why I was like, I kind of felt like Magneto, where I was just like slowly floating around, causing havoc. And I would because at one point I was like, I'm bored. I wonder how much attention I can bring to myself and Mm. how quickly. So I did. I just started causing havoc, causing drives cars to drive into each other and blow up and, and all this stuff because it's not like GTA where you just whip out your rocket launcher and just start fucking lobbing grenades into the crowd type deal. And then all these cops swarm you. It's, you know, it's a little bit more finesse to get that much attention, but like, I don't know. It, it kind of reminded me. Did you ever play the the Sims? And I'm talking about like Sim City back on like the NES. Uh, yeah, I played Sim City. I used to build these these huge cities in the game and get to the point where I was like, my city runs efficiently. I keep going up in people. My mayor just keeps getting shit after shit after shit after shit after shit from the civilization. I've I've got clean energy. I've like it's all parcels out. My whole map is filled. I'm bored as fuck. Let's throw a tornado, Godzilla, and an earthquake in there all at the same time and <laughs> yeah. fix up the disaster from it because I'm bored. Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like to me with this one was like, this city is too peaceful. Mm-hmm. Let's cause a little mayhem and then I'll fix the mayhem. Yeah. Every now and then I would like bump into an Albion guy roughhousing somebody on the street. <sighs> Doesn't matter. You save them like... Oh, I would just I would just randomly shoot him. Yeah, like it just and it, then run away and because the timer on him, like losing interest in you, was too quick to my, it, in my mind. It was surprisingly quick. Like there was like I think the most I ever got was I I ran around a building and one there were three people. I ran around a building. One guy followed me. He got he like came around the corner. I jumped him. I took him down. Yeah. And then that was it. That was it. Yeah. yeah. Like the other two were like, yeah, I guess it was nothing. And our friend didn't come back. I'm sure he's fine. Yeah. Like, probably. He probably got drunk in a pub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really weird. So. Yeah. But. Uh, uh, well, I guess with that, that's. So I do want to shout out um, our uh, one of our biggest fans. She is starting to do some Twitch streaming. We want to send some love her way. Um, she is Chaotic Kaylee. That's C. H A O T I C C A L E Y. She's over on Twitch. She's doing Twitch stuff on Saturdays and Tuesdays. Um, she's great. She's wonderful. She's fun. She loves video games. Um, and we highly encourage you guys to check her out on Twitch at those times. Also, don't forget, go to our Podbean, check out our episodes there if you want to, drop us a review, leave us a comment. And of course, there's always Facebook. Game on presented by No Tokens Required. Go there. You can comment on the episodes there. We are we will actively be engaged in these mediums. So if you guys want to go there and chat with us, feel free to. Absolutely. 
Do we happen to know what game she's playing? To, uh, so n- I I don't know if she will still be doing it, but as at time of recording, she's playing Stardew Valley, which okay. is a nice, fun, chill, relaxing I farm simulator. Yeah, yeah, all the people who love um, Harvest Moon, um, Animal Crossing, um, Spirit Fairer, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, go check it out. It should be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, no, I've dumped an unreasonable amount of hours into stardew valley because it is it's a very relaxing fun yeah, game it's like it's cute it's oldie graphics it's nice and relaxing 16-bit i believe mm-hmm. yeah and, and yeah it, good indie game i know they've done some big advancements to it since its first release right there is a new update now yeah so yeah definitely check her out um but i guess that's it so yeah. i'm chris i'm caleb and until next time game, game on, on. Thanks for listening to Game On, presented by No Tokens Required. The opinions expressed in this discussion are those of the hosts and may not reflect the opinion of No Tokens Required. No Tokens Required is not affiliated with the electronic entertainment discussed in this podcast. The properties mentioned in this podcast are the intellectual properties of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. Game On is an exclusive podcast of No Tokens Required, created in 2020. No part of this podcast may be used in any way without written authorization from No Tokens Required.